Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. This is Brian here with Paul, Kathleen, Luke, and Jimmy. And today we're going to be covering episode eight of the new Netflix original series, Shadow and Bone. And obviously, guys, this is the finale. But I think they stuck the landing of season one and did a very good job getting me excited for season two. There's a lot of loose ends. Personally, I was ecstatic that the Darkling was not killed off. A big reveal, but that was something that I was really worried about because I came to really love him as an antagonist. And that was our final scene was him confirmation that he's good. So I'm super excited for the next season. I loved season one completely unexpected. And by good, you mean evil as fuck, but alive. Yes, correct. (laughs) Yes, yeah, still hot though. Still even more hot with the slashes on his face. I was gonna say he's got some scars on his face now. Hot, hot. Boy. I, I definitely like this episode a lot. Uh, no mourners, right? Eh, that was off of a Nezhis thing. There were no mourners, right? We pretty much everyone lived. And I did ask that question at the end of last podcast. I don't think any of us really thought Kirigan wasn't making it out of this alive. Like the first death, even though that was a cool scene, I, I didn't for a second think he wasn't gonna be the extra credit scene, and he exactly was. And that scene was fucking awesome but Mm -hmm. as for the episode itself there was a couple of things i thought didn't hit completely with me but overall everything that happened and where we were at the beginning to where we were at the end of the episode and how we are leading into the next season i thought was all good i'm still really excited to watch season two so i think it was a win yeah i gotta agree 100 i think everything they did with the characters the, the writing for them was was well done but we said a little bit, I th- maybe the execution on the episode was slightly off for some of those, you know, high moment scenes and like high 10 scenes. But overall, it's a phenomenal show. Crazy how much they packed in only eight episodes. Yeah, I think you guys both nailed it. There was a couple things that I definitely want to talk about, and I'm sure we'll get into it. But otherwise, Brian, you got us into the show out of nowhere, and I'm so happy that we're doing it, man. It was so fun. It's been really fun talking with all the Facebook groups, Reddit groups. It's made this uh, journey even better, and I, I've really enjoyed this first season. Yeah, it's lit. Um, I, you know me, I'm like anything with fucking relationships is my favorite, and this episode was like oozing with good saves and friendship, new friendships, old friendships. I, I loved it. So yeah, let's get into it. So we have two storylines going on here. Pretty much all of our main characters are on this skip in the fold. That's the meat of this this episode. But we also have Nina and Matthias. So they have like a couple really quick scenes. I think we're in agreement. We just want to bang those out really quick. So let's start with Nina and Matthias. Uh, When we first see them, they are kind of arriving in this small... I guess it's a town in Fjordan. I think it's right on the Rafkin border up north, but it's this small village called Arkesk. And Matthias is like, all right, this is where we part ways. Like, you'll be safe here. I'll just go north in the night. And they start talking. They're like, well, what if we could be together? What if we just like did the damn thing and, you know, kissed our old lives goodbye? I thought this was a really nice scene. Lots of growth for both of them. Nina turning her bath back on the Grisha and Matthias just saying, fuck the Druskella. Like, I love this chick. Yeah, he's now classified as a deserter, as we find find out. Um, and she will also be known as a traitor to all Grisha if they decided to run away together. I guess technically with what happens, she's definitely a traitor because of what she does, but he could get away with not being a traitor right now, right? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So my whole thing, every time we see Nina on the screen, if you look at each scene individually, it's all fine. Like nothing. I don't really have an issue with it. And I brought this up multiple times. I do still really believe this plot feels so 
just removed from the main characters until, of course, the last scene with Nina on the the ship with the crows. Which I loved. Yeah, that's all fine, but they could have just taken like the eight or nine scenes we got throughout the season and really kind of done it in like 10 minutes. It just felt like we were dragging this out just to add another character. And I like Nina. I think she's great. We get to see a heart render that has a sort of moral standpoint, not even moral, but just someone we can we can like and not hate who's just under Kirigan. But overall, I just felt it just kept pulling away from the momentum of the main characters. But this scene specifically just feels like the predictable conclusion that we were heading to where they were obviously going to want to be together. Yeah, so I would really be interested to hear from some of the Facebook and Reddit people that listen to this podcast about how Nina applies to the books as spoiler-free as you can do it for us because I have no idea if she's a main part of Alina and Mao's story from the start or if she's kind of being thrown in there just like the crows are to give her a little bit of a backstory before you you start really uh, getting into it later with another story that she has. So I got you. I, I did do a little digging on this. And after I watched the finale, I always go crazy with looking what people said about it. And apparently Nina is a very crucial character to the Crow storyline. Okay. And we brought this up before when we talked about the idea that Alina and the Crows are two separate books in the Grisha verse. Mm-hmm. And they kind of put them all together here. And another thing I, I, again, I don't really know from firsthand experience, but apparently this is all supposed to take place it's about two years before the real crow story begins. So this is all kind of built up just to make Nina a main part of their story. And that's fine again, but it just didn't feel it was warranted to have all the screen time that it got for me. Okay. So she's actually not part of Alina's story for the the most part. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Um, Yeah. I did see that the crow stuff that they're doing right now on Netflix is technically like a prequel, like you said to their actual story. And another thing I picked up from like source material wise is I think, and I again could be very wrong about this when it does pick up the story of the crows, the book, I think Kaz is supposed to be like way richer than he is because people were commenting on the fact that he was willing to do all this for a million Kruger, whatever. And they were I think scoffing at that saying like, I he would never fucking do that in the books. Yeah. I did see that he is supposed to be way more experienced and distinguished as a thief in the actual books. And I did see a lot of people commenting that it's fine because it's a prequel and that this is his journey to getting to where he's supposed to be in the books. But because a lot of people were actually a little bit uh, thrown off by how he wasn't just straight up the man, you know, I mean, I thought he was the man to be honest, but like (laughs) a pure pro where nothing's going wrong, I guess. And he's just like the king of the barrel instead of the bastard of the barrel. For the sake of the show, that's one of my favorite parts of the character, how he's kind of like going at everything he does with a chip on his shoulder, how he's the clear number two behind Pekka Rollins in terms of, Mm -hmm. I don't know, who runs the city of Ketterdam. But that's I like that part of the character. And it makes sense if all the Crow stuff that we're seeing right now is non-canon. So they can do whatever the fuck they want and make Kaz this guy on the come up. Yeah, I like it, too. Uh, but to go back to Nina and Matthias, you know, they go downstairs to the pub, eat some waffles, and then who enters but Fedyor with his squad of Grisha sent by Kirigan. Uh, They have this encounter wherein Nina says that Matthias was a slaver just so that the Grisha won't kill him. And then these slave people whip out guns and have a stand up. Go ahead, Paul. Uh yeah, so that was one of the big questions I had for this episode, which I don't really get. So Nina goes down, it's all clear. 
Matthias comes down. They're sitting down. They're eating their waffles. And you can see Matthias start to freak out. And, you know, subtitles are saying his heart is beating rapidly. Mm -hmm. She, like, doesn't hear it at all. She's like, what's wrong? Like, what's going on? Like, like she did she, you have to be consciously, like, listening and trying hard to, like, I mean, well, yeah, I, I would say so. It's like you're an inferni. You're not just on flint on fire all the time, you know. Okay. I took it like she was hearing his heartbeat, and she was looking around like who's doing it because she couldn't see who was doing it. Mm. Okay, I could that, get that too. too. She definitely asked what's wrong, though. Yeah, but can we also talk about the fact that there's a full room of Grisha, and she looked down to check if the coast was clear, and she what she didn't look in that room or something. They could have uh, got there after. Yeah, they could have wandered in because they got down. They ordered their waffles. They were served their waffles. They were chowing down on the waffles. That's a good like 10 minute window for Fedor and his goons to All come right. in. All right, fine. Uh, Luke, just to add, like, for the record, I think Matthias is stupid. I don't care about him. But Nina, I really care about. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I kind of agree with you that it felt completely separated the whole time. But I kind of liked that we got some of some world building with like, Oh, we're hunting slavers. Now it's like 20 K ahead. Basically like that was stuff I wasn't thinking about prior. How, like I know there was always a Grisha versus not battle, but I don't know. I thought that these scenes gave like a common people almost like view of it. Cause we're so focused on the crows and almost royalty with like general Kirigan and, and all those like higher up Grishas like Zoya but honestly, to me, sometimes I, I kept forgetting that Nina was a Grisha, even though they kept reminding us. But when she, at the very end, when they were like, we need a heart render and her like ears perked, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I kept forgetting for some reason. So I don't know. It was kind of nice. I, I think I liked it, but I don't I guess I don't really have a specific reason. <laughs> yeah, anyway. that's actually pretty interesting now that you gave us some background, Luke, because the fact that she was supposed to be working for Kirigan, I feel like that has to come up again. Mm-hmm. at some point well, that's and why she... ivan was like the fuck's up dude that mm-hmm. was ivan right i mean i guess that Fedor. that was Fedor. Oh, sorry sorry yeah, yeah. yeah i mean i guess that kind of does answer that question i mean they just had that little throw down and then she leaves there she is she just she's a traitor to them and you don't really have to talk about it much again but it is it is a interesting choice to make her siding with Kirigan and, you know, being his spy or whatever, or, his, or getting information for him. If really her story has to do with the crows. Mm-hmm. That was sweet. How they were just at the standoff. And that random old guy was like, dude, you are already at war with another country. Do you really want to be at war with us? And then Fedor's like, ah, shit, you're right. <laughs> so, you know, they grab Matthias handcuff and throw him in the brig and, Nina just tags along. Fedor's like, hey, happy sailing. F you. I think we can call it on that until we get back to her at the end. The only thing I want to say is there's no way that all five of us aren't choosing to be a heart render, right? Like, I guess take uh, Kiergan and um, Alina out of it. Like, you want to be a heart render. How fucking amazing. A tailor would be nice, but yeah, a heart render would be sick. Yeah. Or a healer would be being really able nice to, I mean, if you're in war, like being able to stop somebody's fucking heart. Yeah. That was actually something I want to bring up later. Yeah, the heart render battles. Yeah. All right, let's get, take us back, B-Toms, to the fold. Oh, yeah. So into the meat of the story, we are picking up right where we left off last episode. This skip is going right into the fold. 
And everyone is on board at this point in time. Like every character that we really care about minus Nina is on board right now. Uh, there are only like five markers in when the crows head downstairs just to, or below deck rather to start conspiring against Kirigan because they got to come up with a game plan. They really don't know what their play is going to be. The Volkers start to kind of stir outside and... You know, we got this reminder that Kiergan is in charge of Alina's powers right now. So it was cool seeing all the crows just kind of run down to the bottom of the ship. I don't know what that's called, the lower deck. And, um, you know, they're freaking out. Jesper's like, this is ridiculous. This is a bad idea. We're on a ship where, like, the king wants us dead and we're surrounded by things that want to eat us. Like, what the hell are we doing? I should have brought Milo. Yeah, um, damn and right. That's <laughs> just like, who? Who? The goat. Come on. Yeah. Um, and yeah, beat time. Just to go back. You said everybody we care about besides Nina. Everyone we care about besides Nina and Milo are not on the ship. And um, Milo. Miss Saffin. And yeah. And Miss mm. and Miss Saffin. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jenya. Do you still care about Jenya? Yeah, I, I was gonna say. I, I sure do. do. Why? Have you seen her face? <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> we also you know, find out you care, about Zo- you care about Zoya. She's got a nice face. I do now. <laughs> well, I guess we <laughs> After do now. After this that's episode, a, I have got some loyalties to her too. That's another thing. I yeah, I definitely want to talk about. Jimmy, I think <laughs> me and you are going to pick apart all the same shit. <laughs> just, uh, we'll save that for later. <laughs> yeah, that was but, one of the things I was just going to say though. Is speaking of Zoya, we do find out that she is up top. She is the squalor, and there's also one of Kirigan's guards with her, who we later find out is also a heart render. And we find out about uh, Zoya's family, right? Mm. Uh, yeah, basically. Um, I mean, that's a little bit later. Uh, maybe it's a little but, bit later. Yeah. Whatever. She just says, you know, as soon as we dock, I'm going to see my aunt. Oh, we get She's... her. We get her orders. Is what it Novo was. Kabirsk. Uh, yeah, orders to stop. But, to yeah, stop to make sure that there's yeah, yeah. an audience. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice to humanize Zoya, but give her some family. Literally just the sentence that she has family somewhere humanized her for me. I was like, oh, okay, good. Good for her. <laughs> Isn't that I crazy? Think, I think this is a good time to actually bring up uh, on Reddit. Someone corrected us from, it was actually me, from a couple podcast episodes ago when I brought up that she was being racist to Inej when she was being the acrobat. Do you guys remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Actually, what happened was when they're walking up the stairs and Nesh is doing her little routine, the acrobat routine, and the person walking up with Zoya was being racist to Inej, and they're the same race, Inej and Zoya, Zoya's half, and that was actually Zoya uh, backing Inej up. Sully? Sully? Yeah, so I was actually thinking she was being racist towards Inej, but really it was the other person being racist. So the person on Reddit told us that yeah, she she's racist against uh, Alina, but she but she was helping uh, Inej because she was half Sully. We love it. Please set us straight. So technically, it's a good look because she's defending her own, but she's still racist against shoes. So I I was gonna say that lowers the Zoya hate bar like a half a tick. Just for the record, we love when people correct Jimmy because he's a real piece of shit. So please just correct him every time he fucks up, please. Um, actually, um, actually, oh, I love it. (laughs) No, but actually, we do love that. Thank you. Please correct us. Yes, yes, hundred percent. So now so, the Volcra showing up, right? Yeah, they begin to like circle, but become visible to people like even through the fold. And Jimmy, this every time we go into the fold, I kind of get upset that it's not darker in the fold because yeah. you said in the books it's supposed to be pitch darkness. And I guess yeah. that wouldn't translate to the screen, but 
episode one i was terrified of the fold this episode i was just like oh this is nothing like yeah everybody felt very safe this episode which kind of upset me mm-hmm. but, yeah i mean they they did pretty well at making some of the of the cast members looking very nervous and stuff but I don't know if it was by design because Alina is supposed to be protecting them, but I didn't feel any, like, I didn't feel scared for them. I didn't feel like there's going to be any big problem. Plot like you're saying, it was way more ominous in the first episode for me. Definitely was. And just like the individual standoffs that we're going to get into in a minute here just didn't, it just felt like they were just trying to raise the tension for TV sake instead of making it make sense. But yeah, I mean, that's just nitpicking. I, I still think it was fine. And Alina was there, but there were some things that could have been done better here, especially with giving some more kills to someone named would have been nice here. Right. So this is where we get Kierigan kind of hijack her powers and use it to, to carve out this light tunnel, like all the way to the other side of the fold. So Kierigan is very in control of this light power. Like he knows what he's doing when he's using Alina's power. And then we go below deck to Kaz and Kaz is just trying to work it out. He's like, okay, let's consider this scenario. Like the sun summoner left the palace and now she's tied to the deck. Uh, we're sailing to a city where another Rafkin general hired the conductor to kill Alina. And, you know, I saw Kierigan's face. He's consumed with vengeance. So like, what is our play here? And he says, you know, Alina is the key. Whoever controls Alina gets to call the shots on this skiff. So I think we need to threaten her life so we can just get control of the situation. Meanwhile, Mal is eavesdropping and Inez just walks away and, you know, sniffs him out easily. Yeah. <laughs> and I really like this scene, how everyone just decides, okay, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. If he's not with Kierigan, then he's with us, you know. Crow in training, if you I will. I love that. I really love that. If, he's, if he isn't with Kierigan's crew, he's with ours. That's yep. so good. That's so yep. nice. Yeah, and Brian, it totally agree with what Kaz was saying. It's actually really smart. The only way to gain leverage is control the most valuable thing, which right now is Alina. I mean, both sides want her. Um, and as soon as Inej walked off screen, I was like, all right, she's just going to get Mal. Like, of course, like <laughs> yeah. she heard something. She heard like a, a small little creak in the floorboards and went over to grab him. He's uh, incredible. He also announces himself with such conviction. He's like, my name's Malian Oretsev. I'm here to kill the general. And <laughs> yeah. they're like, wow, boy, what a coincidence. Like, are we I, glad we ran into you? Give this guy his gun. I fucking love Mal and that whole interaction. Like, I had to write it down because it was so good. You know, why are you here to, to kill the general and save Alina? I'll ask again, who are you, Mal? Uh, do you know Alina? I do. Who controls her powers? The general I'm about to kill. And Nash, give him his gun. Like, it was just so good. It was so good. <laughs> My note is just Mal is a dummy and I love it. Like, he just storms out. He's like, I'm going to fucking kill. Mal can't stay on his damn feet. He gets fucking murked every time he steps into battle. He needs help. I just want to go back really quick to what you were saying, Brian, because the fact that Kaz notices that Alina's tied up at her ankles is a big deal because general Kierigan himself says no one's going to look at your feet. Yeah. Alina, but he noticed right away. There were two instances that were just such good for character building for Kaz. It was that how he was the only one that noticed she was tied up. And later he was just like, I saw that necklace on a portrait of a queen in the little palace. Like 
the amount of perception for him to commit that to memory is like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, oh, it's it's like it's amazing. That's what he, when he saw through the trap door too, like all of that, he just put that yeah. all together. Kaz is the best. It it makes me like what Netflix is doing way more than in the books he's already established because yeah. right now he's just you know, he's got the qualities. He just hasn't blown up yet. Like okay. IQ off the charts. You know, he's got the team around him. He's Fucking building street Kaz. cred. He's oh, really yeah. building wow. street cred. Yeah. This mm-hmm. could be a, a conversation for another time, but I really do wonder now uh, at some point we're going to have to separate them. And I wonder if what it's going to be like, is it just going to be like Game of Thrones where I guess we'll just have different scenes with different storylines and they'll never converge again until maybe they'll do a convergence way later that'll be non-canon too because i mean it's not I like it's gonna be an uncharted territory it's not yeah. really worth guessing i mean yeah because we because we have no knowledge of the source material we don't know how it could possibly work out but they're gonna go back to Ketterdam next season fuck shit up i think we're gonna see the rise of kaz he's gonna take out pekka and then maybe Packer. or Packer. <laughs> And then maybe Inej is going to be the connection because she's all into the sainthood and serving for Alina and Kaz is going to follow her or something, something along those lines. I could see right. that happening. Yeah. They've also established each other as definitive allies. Like they're good now. We're talking about Alina and Mal storyline crossing the crows, right? Yeah. 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 I think they've just established this episode that they are allies and they could cross whenever they're near each other. Like, if Jesper sees Alina, he'll be like, oh, shit, it's Alina. Like, let's do a mission together or whatever. You know, let's yeah. help each other out. Mm-hmm. Right. But definitely, Enaj, I agree, Luke, will be the connection with the sainthood. Yeah. And to take us back, I do want to point something out here, because after that Mal scene, we go back up and it's Kiergan telling Alina that he has no plans to destroy the fold just because it's their best weapon. And tell me if I'm crazy, if any of you guys notice this in the background we go by the the steps of where the fold was created. Right? Yeah, I had that. I was gonna. I was gonna Dude, point that out. I loved like, that. It's just a quick yeah, flash yeah. of the steps where he blew up and did the whole fold, and they just no comment from him, not even a look. I just that was just subtle piece in the background. I thought it was really good. Yeah, yeah. that was sweet. I would love to yeah. heard his like inner thoughts as he like saw that. He was like, so oh. this is where it fucking started. That must have been the dead center of it. You would assume that. I, I was thinking that, and I was trying to figure out the pacing because in the beginning we get whatever politician royal is on board saying mm-hmm. like how far in are we we're five markers in out of what was it like 27 um or something like that might be even more than that i think it was like 30 so yeah, I, I would say they were <laughs> way closer to the west side because like the next scene is them emerging from the tunnel yeah mm-hmm. which, which would make sense because it all poured out of his back so if he was there it would go like i don't know whatever we're not thinking anything yeah, i just love that they had the fucking building there or the ruins at this point mm-hmm. uh so yeah kirgan we find out his master plan is nah i'm not going to destroy the fold it's the greatest weapon we've got and everyone's like oh my god like what dude we thought you were good and just wore <laughs> black all the time always but, yeah. uh then we get a cut smash to the dock in west ravka and we get general slaton informing his right hand man like okay when they come lead with diplomacy like greet them as heroes whatever then once they're officially docked kill everybody on board including the sun summoner like i already gave the order once just because it didn't work i'll give it again kill him kill him kill him Mm -hmm. then we go back to the skiff it's emerging from this light tunnel and kirgan you know gives zoya the order to stop moving forward and then he presents his big demonstration and the fucker moves the fold into Novo Kribir's. <laughs> and this was a big dick energy move. It was. This was big. 
And, so and did he extend it or did he move it? He said, because I heard him say later, I can move it wherever I want. So I, I wasn't sure on that if he was actually ex- pushing it out or if he was just moving the location of the fold. I think it was a movement, but yeah. that's yeah. your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. I, I assume he meant like extend it. He's not going to mm-hmm. like there's a set max volume of the fold. And if you push it a little this way, it's going to shorten that way. Um, I figured like, yeah. he could he could just say fuck it and cover the whole uh, continent if you wanted to. Wait, so you just said extend it, but you mean move it? No, extended. No, no, he's I, saying why I don't think there should be like if it lengthens this way, you shorten it over here. Okay, that yeah, yeah. Doesn't make sense. I took it as it was an extension too. Yeah, yeah I okay. mean, it looked like it to me. The only reason why I asked because it was because a little bit later he says I'll move it to wherever I want to the, any border I want. Yeah. Don't and, piss me off, pretty much. <laughs> and I am just really confused about small science versus magic because i rewatched this scene like seven times on the second rewatch just because i wanted to see if he did clap his hands first if he touched and he like did he like kind of did so technically this isn't magic this is the small science from earlier so i just feel like unless they explain it more there's some inconsistency with how they portray magic no i'm with you yeah, I definitely feel you there. The only thing I did notice was that when he did anything with the fold, he started getting the veins of black going up his neck, and that was the indication of him using magic in the last episodes and not the small science. But Did he get the veins when he just extended it right here? I thought he did for that. Did he not mm, in that part? I don't think he did. I thought it was okay. only when he got stabbed. So, again, that's just... All right, I would have to check that again then, yeah. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely confusing when it comes to Kierigan, whether it's magic or small science. Mm-hmm. So this <laughs> next part here is when we go back down to the lower deck. And I think it's just isn't Mal's. They're all there for now. And, okay, well, this is like Kathleen Mal said, up. yeah, like Kathleen was saying, he's saying, I'm, I'm stupid. I'll go because Kaz is yeah. saying that uh, somebody intelligent wouldn't do that. He's yeah. like, never said I was smart. And then Inej was like, yeah, Sam, I'm out. <laughs> I just love Kaz's like analytical skills being shown again, specifically here saying, yo, this isn't like a TV show. You can't just go upstairs. Like we have to think about his power level. He is the dark general. He created, you know, like he knows all these things about him. And he said like escaping the fold and having a way off is the real priority. So he's the only one thinking rationally. And then that's when Mal goes upstairs and says, fuck it. I'm going with him. Right. I just think yeah. I love I love that Kaz is always cool, calm, collected, just thinking, thinking the right way, thinking like an audience member. Mm-hmm. I would have bet my life that Mal's attempt at Kiergan was going to end the exact way that it did end. Yeah, when he yeah. said, I'm running upstairs, I'm like, have at it, bro. You got plot armor, so I'm sure you'll be good, but you're going to get fucked up. I was... And I think I think that's definitely something I want to talk about in a little bit. <laughs> Biggest gripe of the episode is yep. even with Mal's bravado nobody would do that that was dumb you're an idiot or you could just like do it more subtly like get around i don't know i was pissed i was so hype at the end of that speech like he literally was like oh i'm not smart after being a badass and then goes up there and does literally the dumbest thing like well he just proved it he's not (laughs) um just to jump back a little bit um right after kirigan does you know hit uh what was it east west rafka with the fold um zoya does come down and is like holy shit like what did I just see? Yeah. Kiergan looks at her and then looks back. And Kiergan is very familiar with her. Yeah. They used to bang me bang. So I assume he knew that she had family there and just didn't care. She was like, I, he was like, I don't care about your feelings anymore. I got Alina. Mm. 
Yeah, so, I mean, I don't think we brought this up earlier, but she said that she she volunteers for these trips specifically to visit her family. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Not anymore. And then Alina's saying, like, hey, like, why did you just kill everybody? Kerrigan's like, they were traitors who tried to kill you. This is retribution, which is kind of true, but not the whole town. Come on. So he turns to the wealthy people that are on deck aboard this passage to, like, who came to see the demonstration. And he explains that with the power of the Sun Summoner, like, at my disposal, I now have the power to move the fold to any border I want. So is that ability dependent on his connection with Alina, do we think? I almost took it like he was using her for the protection so that he could be in the middle of the fold mm. to do it. Because if you notice, at one point, she said he says, pay attention, Alina, because you need to keep our protection up. You know, yeah. not just your protection, our protection. So I feel like he can always do it. But I mean, it contradicts the ending for, you know, you know, we I won't bring that up now. But there is a contradiction in that ending. But for now, we're thinking that if he's in the fold by himself, he's going to get attacked by the Volcra. Which was a question I had earlier on, actually, right. which would he be safe from the Volcra? And that is a definitive no. They fuck him up, but he <laughs> right. just can't die. Whatevs. I still think he... Like they fucked him up, but I think he gained control of them. Somehow. Well, that's the point. Yeah, at the right, end, he says, yeah. "Follow me." Right. Yeah. That's what I meant when I was saying, you know, spoiler at the end. Mm. But at the but at the time, yeah, that's all. That's what we have to think. We have to think that he he at least thinks himself that he can't be in the fold without Alina. Mm-hmm. What other point does Alina actually have for him except to give him that protection? What or let him use the the protection to give them the tunnel? Like, what else does it do? Well, now she could be the direct rival to her, meaning like he only wants her dead so she can't stop him. Right now. Yeah. Now, if he if he's actually controlling the Volker, he probably he might be saying, I don't. Yeah. Like you said, I don't need you anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I, I honestly took it like, okay, you mold us together. I get part of your power. So now I can protect myself in the fold so that I can use my powers my dark powers. That's what I'm I'm in. That's yeah. what I'm headcanon. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was just so he could like shoot the fold somewhere to threaten somebody and then remove it permanently later on. But I mean, you're that makes complete sense, honestly, because he couldn't do it unless he was like in the shit. But right. I did think it was really cool how he does that. He turns around. He's like, all right, we're going to redraw all the maps. Yeah, <laughs> that was sweet. It's all Ravka now. So He demonstrates this ability to the wealthy, influential people and says, go back to your homeland. Tell them I have this power. There's no more war with Rafka. Like, don't fuck with us or you're getting folded. Yeah, it's called folded. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, get bent. Get bent. mm. (laughs) Hashtag folded. (laughs) That's Uh, not bad. You know, I try. I try. I I do also like really loved as such a villain moment when he was like, "Who would oppose us now?" I'm like, "That's a villain ass moment." A good one. It could have been cherry on the top if, as soon as Mal came up, he just sliced him and said, "Save him for later." Yeah, yeah. To you know, keep the show going. I mean, I I honestly think one of my biggest problems with this episode was Mal's plot armor. Yeah, I've been bringing it up all season. He has by far the most plot armor of any character in the show. And some of the times it's just not necessary. It doesn't like give him the hero moment. It looks like a little bitch at the end of every single time because he loses. Yeah, I agree. I fucking love Mal. And I hated the execution of his big heroic entrance. Mm -hmm. Just right at the end of the speech, he 
just comes in, goes pachoo pachoo, and <laughs> fucking heart rendered immediately. Yeah, as he should, because the heart renders are so overpowered sometimes, and just in that moment, he just gets destroyed, like he should have, like Kaz told him. So Mal gets handled, um, and then we go to Inej, who also came up on deck with Mal. Uh, but Inej went to Zoya and this heart render. Inej just screams at Zoya to get us the fuck out of the fold and engages in like hand-to-hand combat with this heart render who, who claims he doesn't need his powers to beat her, but he definitely does because Inej is a beast. Um, and then we also get Jesper just has a really cool line where Kaz is like, whoa, dude, don't go up there. Like we're outnumbered. He's like, only because I'm not in the game. And he just goes right up. I'm like, yes, Jesper. Yeah, that was dope. They have the advantage yeah. only because I'm not in the game. So good. Yeah. yeah. Jesper is the freaking man. <laughs> I like keep going back and forth with all three of the crows. Every yeah. time one of them talks, it's like raises their stock every yeah. single time. Mm-hmm. They haven't failed yet. Yep. Uh, so Inej is scrapping with this heart render. They're mixing it up. And, you know, it's it's more or less a stalemate until the heart render uses his power. But then Zoya betrays him, knocks him off the skiff, and he gets uh, swallowed by the fold. So he gets folded, dude. He gets folded. <laughs> it was right there. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> how, how sweet was that? Uh, the hand to hand, the hand fighting sequence in general is pretty great. And then there's a sweet slow mo scene where. Inej kind of throws the knife up in the air to free one hand and then takes it and then grabs it out of the air. And as she's going to stab, that's when he heart rends, just stops her the in her tracks. Arya Stark, if you will. That's what I was well, literally else, just going to yeah. say. Ar- well, Arya Stark went down. Inej yeah. threw it from down up. So it was yeah. reverse yeah. Arya Stark. Amita actually, Amita, the actress who plays it, actually posted this video of her, like, I'm showing it for the yeah. people who can't. Like, look, look at her. She's dope. Did see that she's doing it. It's, it's just so good. The dedication was amazing. I just think I don't know if it, this is the right time to bring it up or not, but I just think the heart render thing is so tough to put on screen. Just because, I mean, why not just blow her heart up right away instead of it's, fighting her? I was telling Paul pre-podcast, it's the easily the most inconsistently written power of the show. It's just so fucking overpowered, and then other times they where. Like, I think it's a coming up a scene here when they kill all the nobles. The heartrender doesn't like a second murders like all these people right in front of them. And then they can't do it when they're fighting Mal. They can't do it when they're fighting Inej. They can't do it when so, they're fighting Jasper. Mal makes sense, I guess, because he probably had those orders not to kill. And then and then Kierigan gives him the order again to remind him. But Jasper, like you said, the Inej fight, both of them, they should have just lost in two seconds if yep. you're just going to blow their heart up, stop their heart, whatever you want to do. Anything. I will, I will say this heart render, when he first got basically attacked by Nesh, says, oh, like, you think I need a special power to kill you? So I think in the beginning he was showing off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he used his heart render. But I do agree, as soon as he used that, just, like, explode her heart instead of, like, holding her there frozen for little bit and yeah like there's something we don't know about i actually cringe when i see them do the heart render thing because i'm like what are they hold when they hold it i'm like what are they yeah. stopping are they like hold I, it squeezing my heart like are they squeezing my organs like i feel it in my in my body like <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, like why why it's almost like they're using the force and stopping all of their movement like i get that their heart you can't if your fucking heart is freaking out it's gonna be hard to move but like you don't have to be frozen i just thought it was a really weird hard mm-hmm. hard thing to put on screen because you can't see any of that internal shit. It's hard to yeah. adapt. Yeah, I'd definitely be interested to see how she adapts it in the books or how she writes it in the books. Mm. 
Yeah. Which, by the way, is a good time to throw it in there. You know, she, uh, the author made an appearance. So Lee was in the episode where Alina showed her powers. And at the end, all the nobles kind of came in and gave her hugs. Mm. She was the first one to hug Alina. So oh, it was a that's cool, cool. It was a cool little cameo that they threw in there. Okay. I like she, that. She was very present and on set a lot, apparently. Cool. I saw a video, a very, pretty cool video. The first time she sees all of them in costume and she's like crying and stuff. Oh, that's cute, Jimmy. Super cute. So the unnamed heart render. I feel like we have Nina, Bedure, Ivan, and this guy that just got folded. Yeah. But the other three are named and important. Uh, but the other guy gets folded. Uh, and then Zoya starts to airbend them out of the fold. So they're on their way out of there. And this is right when Jesper emerges from the basement and he takes shots at Ivan and Kiergan, both of whom are okay, but you know, they're disoriented because it's like getting hit with a bulletproof vest. And while Kiergan is distracted, he actually has a nice cut attempt at Jesper and Jesper gets saved by Kaz, which mm-hmm. I appreciated. Mm-hmm. But while Kiergan is distracted, Inej, oh my gosh, how amazing was this? Kisses the knife and just whips it right at this dude, hits him right in the sternum, like kill shot, except not a kill shot because he him. is a darkling yeah we'll say probably the worst cgi in in an otherwise perfectly cgi'd show is the knife coming out of the chest and the bad blood coming off it i think it's supposed to be black it totally is which you know we love anyone who listens to the coverage of the hundred every time a freaking nap Lita came on the spot we were like yeah let's fucking go but it was just the way it, lo- it looked just very fake to me. But otherwise, a perfect CGI show. Everything, every shadow, everything was perfection for me. Shadows better be good, dude, if it's called Shadow and Bone. <laughs> All the bones were good, too. If the CW could pull it off like 10 years ago, then Netflix can pull it off now, Black Blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on. That's all I'm saying. You think Kirigan's a Nightblood? Jesus. He is a Napolita. How many powers does this guy need? <laughs> yeah. He's a descendant of Becca Bromhanna. Oh. <laughs> Babe. Kerrigan's that why he's so good looking? Babe. <laughs> Can we put right. Becca in the, in the bank, kill Mary? Is that what that means? <laughs> yeah. And she got a name drop in the episode. You better stop. She'd win. I'd marry her, period. <laughs> anyway, Kerrigan saves himself. Uh, Paul, you mentioned that his blood turns black, so... I feel like there must be a Horcrux thing going on because that is magic that saved his life. Otherwise, maybe it's just like a power of his bloodline. Well, that's what I was getting so confused. That has to be one of the new power up because Mm -hmm. in the flashback, you know, he saw he was getting hit in the chest with arrows and he needed the healer. But now he can heal himself. So it's I'm I guess sure it's some of that dark the shit. The only way he's gonna be able to die is when Alina blows fucking light magic right into his face. Like that's just it. I think I'm assuming pretty much any other way he's not going to die. I'm a fan of the guillotine. That's that's (laughs) pretty good for most people. That would be my first try. I was going to say dig a hole, dig a hole, guillotine, put one half in the hole, the other half in another hole, cement on top. He's done. We're good. (laughs) It upsets me that they're probably going to do some convoluted bullshit to finally kill him and not that Jimmy. But I agree with you. If me and you. We're all about the guillotines. Yeah, (laughs) all about the guillotines. So let let me ask you guys a question. I I didn't get to be on the last episode. Did you guys discuss at all um, wondering who his father might be? Or do you think it's just like a rando and and the bloodline goes through his mom? Daddy Kierigan? No, we didn't talk about Daddy Kierigan. Kierigan Kierigan is Daddy Daddy Kierigan. I'm getting hot and bothered thinking about Zaddy Kierigan. Zaddy? 
but yeah. no we actually never talked about that mm-hmm. and honestly how the hell did we not talk about i that? mean i'm just wondering like if his bloodline is immortal and if it is like the mom and the dad are both darklings then he should be around somewhere unless he literally is just a rando and the, and the mom just birthed a darkling and she's the bloodline i, I thought uh, that maybe he could have been a descendant of the bone summoner who was considered one of the first grisha ever to bag or hit the bone summoner Maybe. And it's yeah. also, it seems like they are immortal to age, but they do die if they're, you know, guillotined and buried in two different holes. Um, <laughs> so so maybe that's what happened to his dad, too. I mean, Bagra, like, they did make sure in the last episodes that she has aged. Like, they did CGI or makeup her to make her look a little bit younger in the other episodes. Yeah. So I guess at some point they do have to age. It's just way slower. I, I don't know. I just wanted to bring it up to you guys. How fucking cool, though, is Kierigan with the, the dark veins looking yep. badass and he goes dude it's gonna take more than this throws a knife or just drops it pulls in the fold and then goes just stay in the dark like oh god yeah badass. so in the last episode we find out that or the last two episodes we find out that kirigan starts using the quote-unquote magic and create the fold once he was looking into the research of the bone summoner correct Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just assuming that in all these hundreds of years in between, he's just been balls deep in that research. And that's probably why he he's like crazy immortal. Yeah, definitely. It has to be all that dark magic they talked about that yeah. feeds on them, not vice versa. Well, but- it did say that all the research was in the archives in that one building and that building is now in the fold No, Oh, that's true. Yeah. So I would say he probably didn't have at least that library of records available to him. Mm-hmm. that's a great point unless there was a cool side quest where they go back in the fold and they're not showing us um but this piss anybody else off that he pulls in the fold and then inej is fighting this volker that shows up throwing knives at it when it's supposed hmm. to be pushed pitch black and just well again i don't know if we have to i don't think we can assume it's pitch black like the books we just have to assume it, it looks to them like it looks to us at this point it that pissed was... me off that this was the most polite Volcra ever and just <laughs> yeah. like gently landed and backed her into a corner and sniffed her up and was able to be beaten off by a cripple. But other than that, no, totally made sense, bro. No, dude, anybody else. This thing would have came down, claws in its well, I mean, freaking bones and carried it off. And that's just dead. <laughs> it's I mean, a sweet I... boy. You don't know anything about those Volcra bitch. There could be nice ones. That okay. might have been one of the children Volcras that were that were nice and just want to play, dude. But even before that, uh, when the Volker first comes in, knocks Zoya off of the six steps, and that's enough to knock Zoya out. She's out for the fight for a little bit, can't squall. Did that piss anybody else off? Because it pissed <laughs> me off. And like the same thing with uh, Jesper, when Kaz tackled him to save him from the blade, Jesper like hit his head against the wall and got knocked out for like this little bit of the fight. I think that's just the problem with the fact that. The crows and Alina and the Darkling's story don't really mesh. So again, we don't know, but I'm just assuming that in the books, the crows probably never messed with the Volcra or something like that. So they just have to figure out ways to get them to survive to the next scenes. Yeah, Kaz gets highlighted a couple of times here, just saving the day, which is fine. He's not a fighter, but it's fine. Just take it in stride. Let's keep going here. So while they're there, this is where we get Alina's kind of surreal vision of the stag who just kind of shows up on the deck like nobody else is shown. It's just her and the stag and the stag kind of like nods at the knife that's on the ground next to her. And it's like, 
you know what to do. And Alina's like, yeah, I do now because of you. Thanks. <laughs> and they high five. Um, and then the stag gallops away. He was wearing like a snapback or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, bro. I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of hand. Someone stop me. Um, but Kiergan walks up. He's like, hey, stag, get out of here. Like, Alina, remember me and you, we're evil together. It's all going to work out. Like, this is cool. And Alina's like, I never needed you. Boom. Stabs him right in the bottle cap that's on his hand. With Nash's knife. Yeah. Yeah. So lit, especially because we shit talked it so much last time. We're like, oh, must be convenient for him to just put it on his hand where we have hers embedded in her chest. And I'm like, you probably fucking wish you put it in your chest now, you little bitch. You cannot claim what was not given to you. The stag chose me, bitch. Mic drop. I normally would be pissed at something like that, but I just connect it so heavily to the Elder Wand from Harry Potter that I'm fine yeah. with it. I just accept it. Like when they they almost killed the stag in the woods, like it was on the like dying right there. I'm fine with it, but it was a little bit of a. It was a vision. It wasn't an actual stag. Yeah, well, no, the, the stag was real the in original the woods. Stag from the woods, like right. But I mean, Alina wanted uh, made the choice to save it. Like that's what she wanted to do. And that, well, Mal was saying, I have you kill it yourself, but I'm pretty sure, at least in my head, her choice was to, you don't have to actually kill it. Mm. Right. That was what she was. She was trying to save it. Mm-hmm. She was going up and touching it and stuff like that, which, you know, this begs the question, when did the stag choose her? And she was having premonitions of the stag since episode one. So and since she was little. Yeah. yeah. So at it's birth. Like you, you were born. OK, that's what I was going to say. She was legit the chosen one and like. The boy who lived come to die. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Voldemort didn't choose her and make her the chosen one mm-hmm. in turn. She just be- was born the chosen one. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And Kierigan's like, dude, what the hell? You betrayed all of your people <laughs> and then is about to kill her or maybe not kill her, but about to do some dark magic shit. Um, and who shows up, but our boy that's always on the ground, Mal. Paul's boy. Yeah, I, I fucking love him. I just I love hate, him too. I just hate how they made him on the ground all the time. It's just tough because he's just a dude. Like, yes, the attack and throwing him and Kirigan off the boat. I'm good with that. Save Delina. That was a mm. hero moment. Like Luke was saying, there's certain times where it's not needed. I think that time was needed. And then when they're throwing down, I have a problem there because he should just get his head chopped off in two seconds. But no, no, no. I don't have a problem there at all because what, because his hands messed up. Yeah, yeah that was Kier- actually fine. Kiergan punches him twice in the ribs. Kiergan punches Mal twice in the ribs in the same spot. And every punch, he looks at his hand. He's like, ow, what the fuck? And then he goes, ow, he goes, owie. And then um, when he goes to try to slice Mal, he does it, just misses Mal. And then he's like, holy shit, I, that hurts so yeah. fucking much. Okay, <laughs> so that's what, okay. It. I enjoyed that. Okay, so that's what that was. So he was saying, so his power was messed up because his hand was stabbed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, all right, then I'm good with that too then. I just read it wrong then. These are just two thirsty boys fighting in the sand for our girl. That's mm-hmm. all it is. That's so hand to hand. This exact moment is starting to get her organ slowly crushed instead of the fast heart render abilities right that's what's going on on Mm -hmm. ship because she was going to jump down there and basically kick the shit out of kirigan probably yeah so that she had to get um who 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 lined up ivan's lined up against her right yeah he and he's all pissed like how dare you betray her people and all that stuff like he gave you everything remember your place um and jesper comes in Mm -hmm. shoot shoot and he doesn't shoot him in the pretty face which is the worst I do like how he keeps saying that. (laughs) Shoot him in the pretty face. I gotta stop doing that. 
but hmm. this this was another instance of like Jesper gets caught by Ivan, this dude who just wiped out seven people at once in an instant. Mm-hmm. He's, why is Jesper so strong? He's able to like resist him for a little bit. And then like, I didn't get that either. He's Ivan has him, And instead of doing anything, he throws a punch at Jesper and Jesper like dodges it and then shoots him. I have something I want to ask you guys. So from on the last episode, did you guys bring up the fact that, and did you guys talk about, when the one guy is throwing down with Jesper and he paused and he says, what are you before he, yeah, we did. Okay. Yeah, we did. So what'd you guys say? Because you think he's a Grisha. I mean, we brought it up. We definitely yeah, talked okay. about the fabricator thing going on, but all right, cool. And yeah. the hint later that episode where Inez is like, Hey, he, she's talking to Kaz. Jesper fixed your cane. Gives him yeah. back. All right, cool. 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 <laughs> but back to the Kierigan Mal fight. This is when we get some badass wrestling moves here. We get some like flip, it kind of looks like a six one nine. Like I think it was Kiergan that did it, right? He starts just kind of beating the shit out of Mal, and then when he has Mal in the you know the the villainous stare down where he gives him a couple seconds to get his final words in, that that was yeah. that he flips over, he jumped on the gun when Kiergan threw the blade at him and mm-hmm. acted like he got hit by it and was hurt. Yeah. And then when Kiergan was slowly walking up, he just flips over, bang bang bang, lights him up, but he runs out, and then. You know, his Kefka saves him and Kerrigan's saying, like, I've lived for centuries. Did you really think you could kill me? And I don't have to kill you, Darkling. Your past will do it for me. Vulcan ah. just come in, just num 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 num. Num 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 num. Fucking yeah. I was I was pissed because at first I thought he was dead. And I was like, that is a mm-hmm. shitty way to go. I thought it was cool that they attacked him at yeah. first. I didn't take if he was out, I would be considerably less interested in season two. Agreed. My my note is in quotes because I knew that was bullshit from right. Like the second I saw it, like I knew (laughs) that was not going to be the way he died. Yeah, I feel like this the end of the episode. It had to go that way. Like it just can't not go that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, so now that we have we have Mal and Alina get reunited for the first time in a little bit here. And this is when all the Volcra starts swarming them. And then she does the whole, she blows up with her sun summoning. And that's kind of the end of that before we flash over to, I think that's kind of the end, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we go to the bonfire outside mm-hmm. the fold. I did like Mao's line. Don't you dare say meet me in the meadow. That's like mm-hmm. a good callback. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the crows, Malina, that's Mal and Alina for those rook shows that are still watching. And Zoya have a bonfire outside of the fold. Inej is like fangirling over Alina being a saint. And this is where we get the connection because Inej just says, wherever you are, whenever, like, let me know I am yours. Like, you have my services. And Alina plays it cool. And like, it's just like, yeah, sure, kid, take this knife. Hmm. Um, I do want to say I, I, that part of her personality grew on on me as it went on like i hated the religious aspect of her in the beginning but her just pledging herself to alina is kind of cool because she's just the ultimate badass shadow guard not shadow guard but. i was gonna say the same same and as pledging her loyalty to alina is so dope but like alina giving her her knife and then the way Inej looks at her knife and says i know exactly what i'm gonna name it like the fact that she names her knives i'm just like are is there any cooler person in the world every I mean, single knife one. has a sweet name what name, was one. The name i don't get she it she didn't name it she didn't name us. it but but i just thought like in general 
I loved the fact that she was so like particular about her knives. She really took care of them. So the fact that she has a name for each one makes so much sense. I love, I totally love that too. And then when she's in the fold, she is just, just like throwing every single knife she has into the fold. And she's it's like, it's like a pet, dude. I feel like if you name it, you're going to get upset when you lose it. I mean, she lost a couple of those knives in the fold. I'm wondering if that's a callback to the books and maybe in the book series, she has a named knife and they just wanted to throw that in there for the readers. Maybe that makes sense. Yeah. But this is also our um, Zoya redemption. So, I mean, we already had it. She saved Inej. Um, but I love her line where <laughs> I love when Alina hugs her because it's obviously Zoya's just like this fucking bitch. Um, <laughs> but she's like, I still don't like you. But I love the line where she says saints become martyrs uh, before they become heroes to so stay alive because, you know, they're going to end up being on the same team at some point. And I just enjoy that because Zoya was fucking stupid the entire series. So I'm glad they flipped it. And again, I'm here for it. I'm like, yeah, girls. I'll give them second chances. I wouldn't so funny because you take that. I took it, everything you just said the same. Like I, I interpreted it, the scene the same way. I just my takeaway from it is that was not deserved. And I fucking hate Zoya. What the hell? Like, she's yeah, hugging, true. She's hugging her. I thought that was dumb. Well, well, I'm saying that Zoya hated the hug. Mm. But Alina is just like, you saved me. I've got I need to like. I don't think Alina should have hugged her. Yeah. <laughs> okay. She was the one yeah. that went in. Alina was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. As you were saying, Kathleen, first thing she says is like, I, I still don't like you. And I was yeah. like, dude, fuck you, Zoya. I yeah, Alina should have been like, I still don't like you, but, you know, thanks for helping us survive. It should have been the other way around or something. Alina I, just has her priorities straight now. She's got to save the saint. world. She's yeah, a I'm goddamn really happy Zoya's bouncing because I don't care for her. Wow, I didn't know this was going to be so controversial, this little interaction. I thought Zoya, this was an amazing scene for her. And also, (laughs) you got to think, like, she was just backing the wrong horse. She was getting some good dick from the Darkling, and... Mm Yeah, she was Doesn't just following mean you gotta them. be a racist bitch yeah, to my girl. True. Sure. Redeemable because of like the situation she was in before. I, I disagree. She, she's redeemable. I mean, she is redeemable, but I don't think she's currently. She did not has not done enough for me to say. Yeah, you're you're okay, saying she's, she's not great. redeemed. Right. If, yeah, she's not the, redeemed. For sure. The only way to redeem yourself is for like half of your family to get killed. That means you're a shitty person, I feel like. I would say she's now a Grisha on the run with no concrete allegiances. So I think she is she's now a free agent. So I think she has the potential to become redeemed. And I think that's where we're headed. I don't think her part in the story is done. Yeah. To continue with the rest of that scene, just because you said she's on the run right now, she is on the run, but she's going back to uh, Novokrabiersk to Mm -hmm. see if there are any survivors. She could have just Tari carried right in the fold and I would have considered her redeemed. Just took a knife <laughs> right to her stomach. I'm sorry, Alina. And then it would, yeah. it would still be in the fold if she did that because she, she needed gets to them out. them out. Oh, yeah. But Alina, they could have just hoofed it, like walked. <laughs> True. Just yeah. use the light. So yeah, she she's pretty expendable, I guess. Yeah. I have a much um, more important thing to discuss, which is why haven't Inej and Kaz kissed already? Oh my God, the tension. Why that is going to be the kiss? best kiss of all time. I'm okay. so excited. The way Kaz looks at Inej, you better stop. <laughs> and not that Inej needed another reason for me to like her more, but I love the pettiness of her saying, I'm literally going back to Ketterdam with you just to watch her face. I love that. Mm-hmm. And then we'll see. I honestly do think that 
Hurst doing the I'll go back with you and then we'll see. I think she's still going to stick with Kaz and we're really not. My prediction will be that we're really not going to get her with Alina too much. Like, I don't think she's really going to be the guardian like all the time for Alina. I think she's still going to stay as Mm -hmm. a crow. Yes, I agree. I would agree with that, too. Uh, We also kind of skipped over Alina giving Kaz the necklace. Uh, Well, first, Jesper says step one for any good plan is a new change of clothes and gives them a new change of clothes, Mal and Alina, which I love. And he's just like, it's worked for me in the past. So, you know, keep it changing. Uh, But then he says pretty definitively that they're not going to hunt Alina anymore. And Kaz is a little bit hesitant and he notes he doesn't agree or disagree, but he does look up at Alina and says, you are quite valuable, you know, and Alina takes this opportunity to hand him this just bejeweled necklace from the little palace. And he says, this isn't a gift for saving me. This is an exchange for not telling anyone who I am that I'm part shoe or where I'm going from here. Mm -hmm. Um, So he did get his money and that's, he's going to parlay that into obviously selling the gemstones and freeing Inej from the menagerie. One of those gemstones could pay off her debt. Oh my God. Yeah. That's a so. dope necklace. <laughs> oh yeah. And I'm guessing that he'll get the crows club back too. Mm-hmm. If that is the reason why he is so rich, like he is in the books, that's phenomenal writing. That's, yeah. that's very good. Yeah. I'm also fine with that. <laughs> Did also skip over the thing that where Mal tells this happened a little bit before the whole Zoya thing. Mal promises to bring Alina back to the fold because they're sitting there looking at the fold and it was looking a little weak, which I guess yeah. it should be kind of. Um, but they're going to come back into the future. I'm assuming there's going to be a, a time skip in between season one and two. She's going to train. Kaz is going to get more clout. And then there's going to be some event that happens as Kirigan regains his strength. And then she, the whole goal of next season, I'm sure, is going to be to come back to the fold and destroy it for real. Mm-hmm. Did did you guys talk about how the Kafka burned? No, we didn't. Okay. Cool. Do we want to bring that up? <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, because that was actually one of my clues. Because Jesper verbalizes the thought, I didn't think these were going to be able to burn. They're made by fabricators. That's he would be like, fabricators are capable of making things that are flame retardant. That's um, that's Mal. That says that. Are you one hundred percent positive? Yeah. Yes. Then I'm a bitch. Okay. <laughs> when you were like, okay, well, now we're like, keeping that. <laughs> when you were like, there's a clue later on, I'm like, holy shit, I was looking for it. So Mal puts the the Kafka in the fire. Alina and- does. Alina does. But Mal's the one who says, I didn't think it would burn. Damn, Tags, you had me too. I'm a bitch. <laughs> I'm always looking for clues, man. I had you with that Inez was a shadow mancer yeah. in episode one. I had all of you. Yes. Yeah. Including myself. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> all right. So the actual squad starts to leave after Zoya walks off to do her own thing. And hmm. we find out the crows are going to head back to Ketterdam. We did the whole thing about Inez's contract. And then um, then we have the Nina flash two. And this is her final scene, right? In the, the ship that the crows, Mal and Alina are about to board is where we get the final conversation between Mateus and Nina, who Mateus is now in the cell. Mm-hmm. Maddie. Maddie. <laughs> yeah, so Nina's just allowed to give him a meal or whatever. She gets called up in like three minutes. So I guess the captain just let her see this, this 
prisoner that they have. And Matthias is immediately pissed. He like grabs her through the cage. And Nina's like trying to explain how she was between a rock and a hard place. And that, listen, if I let the situation be, they would have killed you on the spot. I bet on the justice system because I knew you would only get arrested. So certain death versus an arrest, I made the right call. But he's being really illogical and is not hearing any of it. And as they're having this exchange, another inmate who's in the cell over just interrupts and says, ah, like there's no trial awaiting us. Like the only thing that's awaiting us is a uh, a dank stone cell where we're going to rot. We're going to this place called the Hellgate, which I guess is a city somewhere for prisoners. And Nina's just trying to plead and plead and plead that she'll fix this. And Matthias is like, yeah, okay, I'm done with you. And then she's off. You broke my trust. You cannot fix this. I fuck Matthias. Nina's the shit in this, in this situation. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I don't know, man. I, I, I can definitely see where Matthias is coming from. He was blacked out that entire time. He didn't see Nina defend him from Fedor and all this shit. If he was like raised for, from, like he was a baby to hate these people because they're gonna trick you they're gonna like they're deceitful they're witches yeah they're witches which he does he, he calls her a devil drusher or something like that yeah i got you paul i def i agree with you on should have on... just popped his heart then been done with it cut ties. <laughs> she Stop. did pop his heart emotionally dude <laughs> did they bang bang I didn't uh, believe it. I didn't. I didn't buy into those two. He's too weird. Like I can't. You well, you better buy into Such it because they'll definitely keep going. They're end game. They're end game. Yeah, they're end game, dude. All right. Well, Maddie. How sweet. I was trying to think of a name. I can't one. <laughs> Maddie. Maddie. <laughs> how sweet was it? Um, when Nina walks up onto the deck, and you know, pans out, and we see that our squad of the crows are coming in, and Jesper's like. All right. So what did we learn? We learned that people with trains are evil. You can't kidnap a human sunbeam. And maybe greed is a poor motivator. (laughs) The true prize is the friends you make along the way. And then she's like, oh, thanks. I'm talking about Milo. (laughs) Yeah, baby. Loved it. I really hope they figure out a way to put Milo in season two because you know he's just like a throwaway thing probably for season one. Yeah, that's when you don't need to worry about consistency it's just throw him in there as a fan yeah i mean they brought him on for a second episode that he had no business being in so (laughs) you know he's on their radar yeah Mm -hmm. i just want to say that i think the wardrobe on this show is excellent i'm a big fan all eight episodes i was super in on anything they were wearing especially now with like the popped collar and the and the different uh layers and scarves and stuff i was like (laughs) come on Kathleen, I love that you brought that up because I was thinking, man, you can see a character and tell where they're from just from their attire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like everybody from the little palace was all wearing the Kafkas. The Druskella just looked like nomads. Like it, it was really cool to see the different attires. I'm wondering if Jesper's uh, actor, Kit Young, if he used some kind of glue to keep the angled hat on his head because <laughs> he's always got that sweet swag angle mm-hmm. of the hat. Talk about swag. You are correct, mm. sir. Yes. We did yeah. miss one more thing here at the end, though, <laughs> is just Kaz talking the plan about and bringing up Pekka again. And then we brought we mentioned it earlier, but that's when we get the heart. Rend- he says we need a heart render. And Nina's just coincidentally just looking right at them and listening it in. And also in the background, we do see that some of the 
I don't want to call them peasants, just like the normal people walking around the boat are they're gossiping about the sun summoner and saying she's dead. So that's just good to know for world building wise that that's going to spread. People are going to think she's not really live anymore, but she is a saint. Yeah. 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 Mm. So she's going to, she's probably going to cause a movement to start happening. Right. So Nina actually brings up talks to the crows and says, is she, are the rumors true? Is she actually dead? And Kaz says, well, I don't know about the rumors, but she is a saint. Right. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what he says? Every every fucking time Jesper speaks, it's amazing. And they're talking about it. And Jesper's like, come on, dude. Kaz isn't going to just send us into a hellhole without a plan. Please <laughs> tell me you have a plan. You have a plan, right? I don't care if it's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the best. And then Kathleen, you get a little Malinalina moment here. Yay, love. Flashback. Woo. I love it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh, then, fuck yeah. At the, the front of the ship. The best scene of the episode, arguably, is we have the, the fade out after the Molina after the, the Molina. Okay. Have we have we not said that? Before? No, we have. Okay, we have. cool. And then um it goes back to the fold, and just as we all probably predicted, if you're a good TV show watcher, you knew this motherfucker was coming. Kierigan was gonna res out of the fold, and he just has the most badass follow. And then these shadow monsters. I don't are they shadows? Are they shadows part of the fold, or do we think they're Volcra? I, that can I took that? it as they're Volcra. I took it as Volcra that he surrounded with the fold, the darkness, so they can actually walk out and be in the light. That seems like a, a leap, but I love it. They did have claws and shit, and they can't touch the light because they'll disintegrate. So I don't know. Is it the actual light, or is it Alina's light? Well, actual like, light. I guess the point the is they can't leave the fold, so... Luke, I was with you. I thought they were like extensions of the fold itself, not the Volcra, only because the Volcra couldn't survive outside. But they easily could explain why they can survive, Paul, just like you did in two seconds. So I'd be fine either way. But I, I was thinking what you guys were. Maybe he did pull out some magic, use the darkness cr- to create these warriors, killed the Volcra, and that's how he got out. But, dude, that fucking scar is so sexy. Dude, he's the best. Kierkegaard <laughs> yep. makes this show mm-hmm. just, yep. he's so needed. And he they couldn't have continued a season two without a, the face of someone evil past this object that is the fold. Like, they needed him. Kathleen was texting me as she was watching it because mm-hmm. I was the only one that watched. And at the end, she was like, he's still alive. And I was like, hot boy's back. dude!" <laughs> Thank God. Literally at the same time, he was like, hot boy's back. And I was like, sexy with them scars. <laughs> You're killing it. <laughs> the chemistry was on, Paul. <laughs> he's the best. Yeah, so, truly. I only had two other things that I wanted to talk about that we haven't already brought up because I think we did a good job of covering pretty much everything. Um, but the two quick things I wanted to say were I don't necessarily think I loved them just so easily killing off uh, the the commander of the first armies, Latan, because it just seemed like they did. They were doing such good, subtle background political world building just throughout the season. Just to, I guess that's done. I guess that's no longer going to be a threat going forward because the face of the first army's dead. I don't think anyone on West Ravka is going to now decide we're going to war with the Grisha still because of this whole event that happened. So I don't know. That felt a little flat for me because I was loving the buildup of the potential Catterdam politics that could follow with Zlatan being the leader. Well, that's that's totally all you because Luke loves any higher ups talking about political strategy. Mm-hmm. Like if there is yeah. a scene with like kings around a table talking, it's the best. Luke is rock hard. <laughs> oh, the Witcher, bro. When the witches talk, man. Uh, and then the only other thing I wanted to say, I think me and Jimmy were talking about it a little bit before, but the heart renders are just 
unbelievably inconsistent in how they're written. And I guess that's just a, it's a problem of just adapting the source material. So I don't really put blame on the show for that. So Luke, I do want to actually uh, talk a little bit more about the political powers that be in this show, because we skipped over a kind of low key line by Zoya, but Zoya uh, right before she left instructs Alina that she cannot stay in Ravka because the apparat is going to try and keep his power by blaming this incident on all Grisha. And she believes that the people are going to turn on them again, just like they did in the wake of the creation of the fold. Mm. So I think we're going to have some political strife. I think Kierigan's going to emerge from the fold and try and go back and won't really have any more political clout because the apparat has kind of usurped the throne from the king. So I think we're going to have a Grisha versus Rafka faction, even within East Rafka. Um, I'm not sure how it's going to play out, but I think we're going to have plenty of political strife still going on. Yeah, you're right. I actually do like that. And uh, is the king dead or is he sick? Uh, I take it as he's he was on his deathbed. Because they, they they said he was sick and he mm-hmm. was running it in his place. Okay. Yeah, they didn't confirm it, but I assume he's on his way or or dead. Yeah. I also really want to see more of Fjordan and Shuhan because th- so I think there must be two very, very defined geographical borders to the north and south of Rafka because in every map I see, there's like a mountain range to the south. That must be like a really imposing thing to try and cross to get from Rafka to uh, Shuhan. And then to the north, they keep on bringing up how it's covered in permafrost, the border. And I would just like to kind of explore these different cultures because the the world building is very good. They're kind of setting up these very different cultural factions and Ketterdam looks very unique and different to Ravka. So I would like to explore what Fjordan has to offer and what Shuhan, Shuhan rather has to. Well said. I agree. Thank you. <laughs> I have uh, a few questions. I have three questions that I'm dying to know the answer to. Um, so one is Ivan alive. We saw Jesper shoot him not in the face off of the skiff and into the fold, but we didn't see like, why wouldn't he just shoot him in the face? Maybe he got eaten by Volcra. Maybe he booked it with, uh, Kyrian, but I doubt it. I took that as he sh- shot him in the neck. It was still a kill shot, but he avoided the face. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Either way, he's not getting out of the fold. I just right. think there's 0% chance. Yeah, I thought it was just weird that he was such a big character and they didn't show his death. But if you're saying they showed him getting shot in the neck, I think he's dead. Yeah, okay. There's going to be some fallout because they did establish the relationship between Ivan and Fedor, and Mm -hmm. Fedor is definitely a talented Grisha. And he was deeply in love with Ivan. Yeah, he's going to be a scorned man for sure. Yes. My other one is what caused Kaz to be so full of vengeance? Like what happened to him? that Jesper had that line earlier this episode, like, oh, like, you've seen that face in the mirror before, haven't you? Mm. We know it has to do with Pekka. Yeah. With Pekka, but mm. that's, was, we don't have any further details yet. They gave us enough hints that it seems pretty confirmed that if it goes long enough, we'll get that answer. Yeah, and maybe I'm assuming maybe it has something to do with his leg, and that's why it's yeah. permanently damaged. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one, this is m- more of a you know, speculation. Do you think... Higher vibe, guys. Do you think that <laughs> Matthias, like this could be the turning point to make him into like the most brutal witch hunter ever? His villain be, origin story. That would be really cool. I don't think it's going to go that way, but how sweet, I would love it. How sweet would that be? Because he's it would like, make him cooler. Yeah, that would be cool. I, I still do think that Matt Natty is endgame. So I think that they'll be 
<laughs> together and they'll make it through somehow. Mm-hmm. I always want to add a question now at the end because I just thought of this. I, I asked this at the probably in the middle, one of the middle podcast episodes, but any chance that Mal is a Grisha or are we so far removed from that? Dude, I'm I so, say no. I, so beat. I, I okay. think the fact that they haven't shown him get tested, it's just a just huge... feels like he brings almost nothing to the <laughs> table besides his cheekbones and like <laughs> Paul's lost and lost. Yeah, <laughs> he won me over, so he's bringing something. Uh, I just think the, the, the fact that he was just on the ground all the time is what makes people think he's garbage because he kind of was garbage. Mm-hmm. But season two, Redemption Arc, I'm calling it. Cool. I don't, the only thing that I've noticed that's weird about him power wise is that he gets that ringing that he hears when certain times when he's near Alina and when he was near the stag. And I'm wondering if that has anything to do with some kind of power that he has, whether it's something, his connection to Alina or if he is a Grisha, I really don't think he's a Grisha, but I think that there is a reason that they keep playing that noise whenever there's some kind of connection with power between him, Alina or the stag. Just love baby power of love. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's fine. Mm-hmm. All right, that's all I got. Anyone yeah, else? The only thing I have to say is that, well, actually, first, it is a question. Do you guys think that now that Kirigan survived season one, do you think he's endgame? Endgame villain or endgame to turn good? No, no, endgame villain. Like, do you think him and the fold are the end of this show or story? Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Okay, good. That's what I was hoping for because I was going to say that if the fold or Kierigan was gone after season one, then I would have been way upset. <laughs> yeah, agreed. No, I think that's, that's gotta be the end. Cause what's the point? You're going to rebuild up a whole new villain to, it's going to be like a three or four season show. You feel like it's a Netflix. That's kind of the route they usually take now. I don't think there's time. I think you just use the shit out of that amazing actor. The dark one. When it comes to the fold, do you think like now that he can go in there, do you think like he might have like his headquarters in there or something like that will be his domain? I feel like the fold needs more. Like I feel like it it was so built up and I was so into it. And then like you were saying, kind of Luke, they got through it and it just didn't seem ominous enough to me. But if he can like make that his domain or something, then I would love it a lot more. I don't know. Well, using it to create a shadow army seems like a good enough extension of it as well. If he's just pulling from the physical fold itself to create these like animal warriors, whatever they are, I'm in with that too. Yeah. So I think the question we all ask ourselves at one point is what Grisha would you be? (laughs) I'd be a heart render. I love it. I think there's some out there that the show didn't introduce us to because like isn't Tidecaller. They, They said that once, but they never showed us one. Um, yeah, I think there's more than we've been than we've seen. And I've seen some symbols from, you know, the Reddit. There's there's other ones like an alchemist or something like that. So are um, you saying we can't be a shadow summoner or or is that included? Hey, if you want to be a shadow summoner, be a shadow summoner. I'll be a how, shadow summoner over a heart render. Hell I don't yeah. know how that's going to affect your everyday life. That's going to benefit you. I like tailors. Um you would be a tailor, Luke. You make yourself even prettier. That's that's tough. I just like the applications of a tailor. Opens the door to so many things. Well, are we saying we're in their world or we're in our world, Paul? Now you're getting me a little like... Our world. Our world? Okay, well, then I'd definitely be a heart render. Yeah. I was thinking... Or I'd be a tailor and I'd just be Instagram famous. <laughs> Influencer. I was, I was thinking <laughs> fabricator, man. Fabricator's so cool. You just move random shit. All right, let's get this to the... Uh, Final bank kill Mary of the season. 
Okay, let me pitch this to you guys. Okay, so the Bang Kill Mary I have in mind today was involving six people. So we have the Crows, Inej, Kaz, and Jesper. And then we also have the three... Mm, damn, it's not non-Grisha. Anyway, we're going to keep it with the six. Nina, Alina, and, and Mal. So we have the Crows, Nina, Alina, and Mal. And we're going to do... Two of them have to kill each other, two of them have to bang each other, and two of them have to marry each other. And it could be any... It could be literally any, and Dang, I can start right. if you want. Give me that list again. The Crows, Crows, Nina, Alina, and Mal. And I can start since I've been thinking about it. So um, I am going to have Inej and Kaz marry each other because oh, obviously yeah. the love is there. I am then going to have Mal and Jesper bang it out because doy, hot boys. Come on. And then third, I'm going to, honestly, they can just battle it out. I don't really care. <laughs> Nina versus Alina. Uh, I guess I'll have Alina kill Nina only because I guess my loyalties lie with Alina. <laughs> but uh, this yeah. one actually gets kind of tough once you have to think about the kill. I got mine. Go ahead, go ahead. So I'm going to let Nina and Jesper bang each other. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to get. No, no, that was right. I'm going to have Nina and Jesper bang each other because they're both just stupid hot. And they're like my two favorite characters in terms of just like overall personality, humor, et cetera, et cetera. So those two are going to bang. I'm going to have Kaz and Inej marry because I think there's a love there. There's a good chemistry and I think they'd be happy together. And I'm going to kill Alina and Mal. Damn. Because they're just the obvious love, you know? I like, they've been spoon-feeding me Alina and Mal since episode one, and it's, I, I'm in. I approve of the ship, but I'm bored of the ship already, so. You have to so. pick one to kill Yeah, the you, other. Have, you have to pick one to kill the other. Alina, kill Mal, because Mal Murder would never suicide. kill Alina. Yeah. 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 All right, I can go. Um, I think we're going to round this out, everyone. I, I mean, maybe not, but I'm saying that Inej and, and Kaz are getting married, okay? Just for the same reason everyone else said. I'm going to have to let Alina and Mal bang it out because, Jesus, that sexual tension's been going for years and years and years. You got to let them bang it out. And then my boy Jesper's going to take Nina out just because Jesper can't die for me. So he's taking her out by default. Uh, so I took this a little bit different. Um. I'm definitely going to have Alina kill Mal because, come on, have you listened to me at all in this podcast? <laughs> so that's just the first thing that happens. And we're we're in a progressive parallel world where there's no real sexual orientation. Everybody will fuck anybody. It doesn't really matter. So with that being said, I'm actually going to have Kaz and Jesper marry because those are my boys. And I think they're going to live a happy life together. Okay. So leaves Nina and Inej to bang. And I actually like that it ended up being like this because I think their personalities would be so fun to watch bounce off each other. Just the complete charismatic Nina and then just like the the dark badass Inej. I just think Reserved. That'd, be, that'd be a fun bang. Yeah. Nice. While they're twirling in, in uh, the circus string things that Inej does. I don't know. <laughs> Kaz and Jesper banging it out is perfection. Oh, no, Marion. Oh, Marion. That's even better. Oh, so yeah. they can bang can, every gonna, day. Yeah, they're going to run the, the, what's it called? The barrel? Or the yeah. Dam? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so mine starts out pretty normal. Mal and Alina married. <laughs> Paul's big loser because wow. he believes in true love. Um, <laughs> and then I'm going to have Kaz kill Nina. So this is where it gets a little weird because that means... I have Inej and Jesper banging, and they're like 
best friends. It's, you don't really see it any you know sexual tension in the show together. But hear me out, Jesper bangs all the time. That's a lot of experience, and they would have a fucking phenomenal night. Oh God. <laughs> okay. Damn. All right. So I guess we got final thoughts on the show because we're not going to be back for, you got to assume a year and a half at least. And we don't have any news yet as of this podcast that it got greenlit, right? Which is pretty surprising. It's, it's a lot of CGI, so it's probably expensive, but it is like still in the top 10. I think they got the audience for it is what I'm saying. So I would be surprised. Most shows do not stay this relevant for this long. And I always see it still being pushed on Netflix. So I think they like it. They also shelled out a lot of money. I've read a story. They only wanted to buy the rights to the Alina storyline, but they cashed, you know, they forked over the dough to buy the Crow storyline. So I think they're pretty invested in this, this saga. And I'm excited because I think, I think it's a good one. I think it's a story worth telling and, I haven't seen a lot of complaints from the Grisha fan base about the changes that they're making. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think it's going to get a nice following. It's it's just came at the right time at the end of COVID. Everybody's watching it. Not really seeing any supremely negative takes on the show as a whole. Sure, you can nitpick anything, but I just think where we're going, it's going to be fun. And I'm really expecting a nice time skip to start season two if we get it. And we're just going to have some subtle character growth, but they're all going to be badass. I think Alina is going to be a lot more badass in season two, having trained with her powers and stuff like that. And Kirigan's just going to be full villain, yeah, full murdering people. And that's going to be really fun to watch because that was deserved. Yeah, like I said in the intro, very, very, very pleasant surprise. I mean, we had this off our radar to the maximum, literally no idea the show was even coming out until Brian said something. Um, didn't even know what the Grishaverse was, but I'm glad we got into it again. I just want to thank all the Facebook groups and the Reddit people just making everything so much more fun with all this collaboration. Hopefully we'll see you guys in a year and a half or so. Hell yeah. That is a wrap on shadow and bone season one. I just have to reiterate. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to the Grishaverse following you guys have been great. You're why we do it. And you know, this has been a really, really fun one that none of us knew going into it. So thank you for the support. We'll see you in season two. As always, if you like what you heard, give Bingetown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on BingetownTV.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Once again, we are Bingetown TV, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.